And hello everyone, Peter here. Welcome to what I believe is the 11th episode of Peter's Content-Free Podcast. Uh, still seri- Series 1, Volume 1, Terminal A, Gate 1. Welcome everybody, I hope you're doing well today. This is the podcast where we don't get bogged down by just... By silly little things like topics and having to think about things to talk about. It's basically just one hour of me saying things. Uh, but for the next hour, I'll be my mouth will be moving, and hopefully, mostly uh, English words will be coming out of it. And I went to the my local auto shop the other day to get my registration. No, not my registration, to get my inspection done. Here in North Carolina, the state requires that once a year, cars uh, need to get inspected for uh, various safety and uh, like emission requirements to make sure, I don't know, I don't know if, if it's so that the cars are safe for the drivers or so that the cars are safe for the other people on the road. I don't know, I guess it's like, gotta make sure everyone's blinkers are working. Turning signals, some people call them blinkers, some people call them turning signals. Headlights, make sure all the wheels aren't about to come flying off, stuff like that. And make sure that it, there's a certain cutoff as far as years go. Older cars uh, don't apply to this, like if you have a really old car, they don't do the emissions test, but if it's a newer car, I don't remember what year, if it's made after a certain year, uh, there have to there are certain emission standards, and your car can't be pumping out too much carbon dioxide or something like that. Anyways, I think they do these tests, and you have to do it every year here in North Carolina. And sometimes I'm tempted to move down to South Carolina just because you don't have to get car inspections uh, when you move if you live there. But then again, maybe it's dangerous to be on the road there just because everyone's car might be ready to fall apart and all the wheels might pop off and some car might come careening across the highway and just explode and flip over and crash into you. And maybe it's also, like, how localized is pollution? Like, if there's a lot of cars pumping out, you know, with bad emissions, pumping out extra pollution in South Carolina, do I get that? just across the border here, because I'm pretty close to the border of South Carolina, up here in North Carolina. Do I get the mal- the bad, effect- bad effects of their lack of emission standards in South Carolina, up here in North Carolina, do you think? I think there, I think to some amount, uh, depending, on, depending on even just the topography, maybe some of the pollution gets bogged down in bowls, uh, like topographical bowls. Like I've read about Mexico City, right? It's a huge city, and it's kind of down in a valley, and all of its all of its pollution just kind of lingers and loiters there over the city because there's like hills and mountains all around it, so it doesn't go to go there. And I read somewhere that walking to work every day is like smoking ten packs of cigarettes a day. That's how bad it is in Mexico City. But that was like ten years ago that I read that, so it's I feel like it's either much worse now or much better. And the facts that I read at the time could have been totally wrong, because it seems very excessive, but it is a very, very big city. Um, so I'm just not sure. It's like a sort of a perfect storm. 
as far as pollution goes, perhaps. Anyways, so I was on the way back from the beach. It was like 7 or 8 o'clock. I think this place opened at 7, the, the auto shop I usually go to. I've got a cup of coffee here. And um, I feel like it's usually good to catch auto shops earlier in the day before they get too bogged down and all their various vehicle repair duties and too many people bring in all their broken cars and stuff. This could be totally wrong because maybe a lot of people bring in stuff at the end of the previous day and during the night, I don't know, and maybe they have a whole bunch of stuff queued up for the whole day that they start on right at the morning. But in my head, I think it's best to get in at the beginning of the day. Anyways, I rolled in there at like 8 o'clock or something, and I hopped out of the car, and I went in there. I was like, and I asked the guy. I don't know, remember what I was doing. I think I was at the beach, right, recording something, I think for the video, uh, which I've already posted about uh, the beach defense towers. I was recording that video at the beach. Sometimes if I'm, I never get up early to go look at the sunrise at the beach, but if I've been up all night and I'm not too sleepy, sometimes I just drive over there. It's about a eight to 10 minute drive, depending on which part of the beach I go to, and just catch the sunrise, it looks really nice. And so I came on back, on the way back I thought, uh, I need to get my car inspected, so I'll stop by there. I hopped in there, went to the office, talked to the guy, I was like, so uh, uh, what's the best time to get my car inspected? And he's like, well, uh, give me the keys, give me the registration, uh, it'll be good to go, I can, we can get, get someone on it right now. So I went out, went to my car, opened the passenger side door, opened the glove compartment, and I pulled out that little, um, that little clutch. It's like a, you know what I'm talking about? That, that zipper binder thing that a lot of cars have, they come with. It's got like the little manual in there and some other stuff. And my, the registration wasn't in there. In fact, there was hardly anything in there. There wasn't the, the like the, in, my insurance information wasn't in there. My registration... Like, nothing was in there except for that binder. It was almost empty. There's, like, little slots in there in the, uh... You know that little binder I'm talking about, right? There's little slots in there. And there were... Inside those slots were little cards labeled insurance card. Like, I'm guessing I should have taken out those cards and put it in the insurance card. And there was another little slot for registration papers. It also just had a paper in there that said registration paper on it in bold, plain lettering. I had nothing in my car. I'm, I'm guessing if I had ever gotten in an accident um, and someone wanted to exchange in insurance information with me, I would have had to, I wouldn't, what, what would I have done? Pulled it up on my phone or something? Googled it? What, Google, what is my insurance info? Um, I guess I could have, it's pretty easy to pull up on the website. But, but if I had ever gotten pulled over, what does the cop ask for? License and registration? I didn't have my registration info. What's What would have happened? I would have fumbled around in the glove compartment for a while. I think I'm pretty... I've never actually gotten a ticket, though. So I feel like cops go a little bit... Depending on what you get pulled over for, cops go a little bit easier on you. Uh, if you have no prior offenses. I've gotten pulled over several times, but I've never actually gotten a ticket. So I feel like as long as I stay at that level, they'll keep on maybe keep on giving me warnings. I've never, like, I've never gotten pulled over for speeding. I've just gotten pulled over one time because I was, like, swerving around on the road because I had just gotten some food from a drive-through, and I was, like, juggling that and staring. It was probably pretty dangerous. And one time I, I cut off a cop because I, I didn't realize there was a turning lane next to me, and he was in the turning lane. 
And I, I always just play dumb and dumbfounded and really, I play like I'm really, really rattled by being, by even being pulled over. Like I've never even been pulled over before. Cause I don't think it even goes down in records that you've ever even interacted with a police officer before. Like if, if they just give you a, like a verbal warning, it doesn't go down. They don't type it into the computer. Like gave this person a verbal warning. I think they only write it down if they actually give you a ticket. So they have no way of knowing. I just say, I act like I'm about to cry and I pretty much do like the scared white girl thing like <laughs> and it works pretty good and I don't think I've ever I mean I've never done anything serious so that I think really deserved a ticket but one time I the one time I got pulled over for like having like driving erratically I guess because I had the food in my lap the guy the guy asked me if I was on any medication which I thought was an interesting first question I was like, no, I just had food. Um, anyways, what was I saying? I, oh yeah, I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything to take to give to the guy to get my inspection done. So I went out there. I feel like the guy could see me, it, leaning into my car, looking for my registration from the desk at the, or from behind the counter at the auto shop. But then I didn't go back in. I just went around to the driver's side of the car and drove away. I was like, because I had told the guy, I was like, oh yeah, I'll just go, go out and grab it. But then I just drove away, and I haven't been back since because I had to go on the DMV website, Department of Motor Vehicles, and pay $20 to get a, some, a replacement registration card sent to me. And uh, at the same time, I was tempted to go ahead and get a replacement driver's license sent to me because you guys remember me talking about the me wanting to s stock up on multiple driver's licenses? Because you can do that online, but that's not the way I want to go about it. Because if I just order a duplicate driver's license, it'll have the same picture on it. What I want, it's a little bit more difficult, but I would have to go into the DMV itself, and I want different pictures of me on each driver's license. And I think that costs $13. That's what I saw on the website. $13 each time. So besides the time I would spend at the DMV, even though I know of a very good DMV, uh, which hardly ever has any lines... I think I talked about this before, that I, I even gave it a bad Yelp review so that people would keep on not going there, because there's hardly anyone ever there. I feel like, I don't know how they, I would say I don't know how they stay in business, but it's a government thing, so they don't really have to stay in business. I don't know how that works. I guess they have to justify it somehow, because there's multiple DMV offices in this town. I guess if one doesn't get very much business, eventually they might turn close one down and just have one, but the other one is always swamped. Maybe that's why they opened this one. I don't know the history of the DMV offices in my town. I just don't. Anyways, I just drove away, and I ordered new ones. I ordered a new... I Actually, I went online to try to order a new insurance card for my insurance company to have in my car, and it turns out you just print them out. You just print them out. So I printed it out, and I ordered the new registration. Because you can't get... Yeah. I've talked about this before, the, I just want to touch back, I'm drinking coffee by the way, coffee is a staple, I know this is a content free podcast, but we seem to touch back on coffee and that's a, that's a comfortable place for, it's a comfortable stepping stone for me, coffee, my coffee machine is doing well, in case anyone is wondering, uh, I'm not sure, I haven't done anything fancy to it recently, nothing too crazy, I haven't cleaned it, uh, nothing really. 
that one time that it was really bitter. I don't know if it's either that I've gotten used to it being bitter or I did do several, I did like three things to it. I don't remember what I did, but one of the, I think one of those things did fix it or maybe all of them. I have no way of knowing. I should have done them one at a time and tried to make a pot of coffee after each one of the things that I did. But it, I did all three of them at the same time and then made coffee, which then seemed better. And so I don't know which one actually fixed it. Anyways, I just want to talk about 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock in the morning. 8 a.m. Uh, it's a fine time of day, most things considered, but I guess, what, what's the average work day? 9 to 5? Uh, for people that work in an office or... If you had to say what is the average work day, would you say 9 to 5? So a lot of people around, just like after 8 o'clock, they're... Listening, if, if you're going to listen to the radio, do you think that's, those are the peak hours for listening to the radio? I don't know, but every now and then I find myself in the car. I have six presets, and so I flip between them whenever like an advertisement comes on, whenever people start talking on the radio, instead of playing music on these music radio stations, I just switch around to one of the different six presets. But I've noticed 8 o'clock in the morning, between 8 and nine, but you really, I've noticed it the most about 8.15 in the morning. It happens way too often. <laughs> it's excruciating that I can flip between all six of my presets and, in, and on all six of those presets, no music will be playing. On these music, these aren't talk radio stations. Maybe on two of them, commercials will be playing, but on most of them, they'll have their little radio shows going. They'll just, the people will just be joking around with each other, talking. It's just the most awful, just the, I can't stand it. I, I just like frantically switch back and forth between them all, waiting for one of them just to play a song, any song. And then eventually I start sweating and I hit the seek button, right? To I, I stray away from my my normal six stations, and eventually I find some other weird, like jazz station or something. That's just I don't know why I can't stand to listen to voices. It's ironic. I think it's ironic that I'm making a podcast now with me talking when I can't stand podcasts, and I can't stand people talking on the radio, and I can't stand audiobooks just weird disembodied voice. I need some context. I can, I could listen to a person talk if I can see their face and their mouth moving. I think I'd do much better at a podcast and, or an audiobook if I, if I could just see them reading the book. I don't know. It's very weird for me. I probably still wouldn't do it. Audiobooks are very weird for me. A lot of people say they listen to audiobooks as they fall asleep but I don't know how that works. How do you find your place? How do you remember how much you listen to? How do you find your place again the next time you start listening to? Do you end up re-listening to the same stuff over and over again? Or do you not really care about what you're listening to? You just want to have something in your ears as you gradually fall unconscious. I think people just have different goals, different expectations for things than I do. Drinking coffee. I had to unzip my hoodie. 
getting toasty. Getting warm from the inside and the outside. You know, I remember, I have fond memories. I've always liked digging holes. There's something satisfying, dare I say cathartic. Saying cathartic seems daring to me just because I'm not 100% sure what the word cathartic means. Like, I don't know if I've actually ever looked up the definition of cathartic, but I just use it based on context clues, uh, what I think it might mean. So I'm not going to try to define it for you, but I think to some extent, digging holes can be cathartic. I think so. Just just holes, dig a, just grab a shovel, go out in a, an open spot in the yard, just dig a hole. When I was little, not that little, maybe like 12 or 13. Actually, I have no idea how old I was. I'm terrible at remembering this sort of thing. We, my parents bought a house. It was like a fixer-upper house, and it had a crawl space. And apparently under the crawl space, it was very moldy and damp. And so my dad wanted to install something called a sump pump, which I always thought was a very weird word. Very sump pump. Sump pump. Actually, I don't know. Maybe I thought it was fun. Sump pump. Can you say it with me? Sump pump. So you put a sump pump under there, but you have to like bury these pipes, or at least the way he was doing it, he was burying pipes in the dirt under the house, like in a, in a perimeter in the dirt, a perimeter around in the bottom, buried in the crawl space uh, that would absorb, it was like gather the water in the dirt and then drag it into this sump pump and the, that would pump it out of the dirt and out from under the house. It was, I don't know. It makes sense to think about it. And I think I, I think I explained it poorly, but you understand what I mean? It would like suck all the moisture out of the dirt and there's like a garden, <laughs> just a garden hose attached to it, really poking out of a hole in the side of the crawl space and into a ditch and away it went. Uh, at first, I think maybe eventually it attached to the sewer, but I don't know if that's legal. Can you just tap into the sewer whenever you want to? I guess if, if people don't find out. But this involved him digging a ditch in the ground, a pretty good-sized ditch, like three feet deep in some places, maybe two feet. Maybe it just seemed bigger because I was smaller. But uh, digging a ditch in this crawl space, which was difficult because crawl space is only like two or three feet tall. You know, there's dirt, and then it's called a crawl space for a reason. You, you got to crawl and sometimes slither through different parts of it. There's like heating ducts and stuff under there. Ducts. Ducts, not ducks. And so he had one shovel. You know how sometimes there's a shovel and it's short and it's got like a, the horizontal handle on top? And then his other shovel that he was using was just a regular shovel with the handle snapped off halfway up. And sometimes I would help him under there. But I was just like too young and small. And I didn't have like the upper body strength to do it. Like you couldn't use any of your lower body because you were just like digging while lying on your side half the time. It was weird, grueling work, but I enjoyed helping him with it when I could, but I got tired pretty quick. And then eventually, like, if he would be down there digging my dad for like two or three hours in the evenings, I could, I would usually only be able to help him for like 
45 minutes or an hour before I got too tired. Or maybe I just wanted to play video games more. I'm not sure. I do remember helping him some though. And then he would, he would carry the dirt in five gallon buckets and like slide it out. It was like stuff, it looked, it reminded me strangely now of The Great Escape. Have you ever seen that movie, The Great Escape? Like sliding the dirt in buckets out the side of the crawl space and loading it in wheelbarrows and it was crazy. And then there was like a big dirt pile in our backyard and I dug a hole. I dug a hole in the top of the dirt pile. I First of all, I used this dirt pile for burning stuff, just like various stuff. It was like a little burn spot for me because I was you know, like a little kid and I like burning stuff. But one time I met, I figured out how to make the most incredible plumes of smoke ever. I dug a hole down the middle of the dirt pile and then I went, I dug horizontally in the side of the dirt pile, another hole, which met up at the bottom of the other hole. So there was like an L shaped hole in this dirt pile. And then I would stuff kind of greenish, sometimes dampish leaves in there and light the fire at the bottom of that hole. And then once that, with, with stuff that was actually more flammable, but then there was like greenish leaves on top. And once that fire started going, the greenish stuff on the above it would start, when that stuff burned, it would create the thickest, billowiest, th just the greatest, most entertaining plumes of smoke that I could ever imagine. I enjoyed that immensely. And then I would blow in the hole that I dug, dug horizontally and that would just make the, make the smoke plume out like nothing else. And it didn't even take that many f leaves to get it really going. And there were a lot of trees back there and leaves on the ground. I would just, hours of entertainment. I'm sure, I'm surprised that the fire department never came. But there was one neighbor we had farther up the road who my dad was endlessly entertained by. I guess people kind of did this all the time. Who, He would... He would, instead of putting his leaves, sometimes people, you know, they rake up their leaves and put them in trash bags and then put all the trash bags by the, by like the road and then like the trash people come and grab them all or something like that. In our neighborhood, we had like even like a, a different, even group of trash people or like a different trash service for like leaves and branches. If you put like piles of branches and stuff out, they would come. It was even like a different day, like my mom would like make sure I, she was like, have me like pruning trees and stuff and have it, made sure I have it out there by seven o'clock on Fridays or something. Cause that's when like the branch people came. I don't know. So some people put their leaves in, 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 in bags, you know, classic fall leaf raking. This guy though, he would gradually put and feed all his leaves onto his little round grill. He would just like stand out there for hours putting leaves onto his grill and burning up the leaves that way. I guess maybe that was cathartic for him. Just grilling up leaves. I like that. I didn't appreciate it at the time, but I like it now. I think I would like that. Hmm. It's weird what you remember. I'd like to... I'd like to mention now something that's really been troubling me, and that's, um... Every now and then, there are things that are designed well, and uh, you don't realize how well designed it is until someone changes the way it's designed. The popular phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, comes to mind. 
And at this moment, I'd like to mention the toothpaste tube. The old tube of toothpaste. I think, did it used to be made out of some sort of thin aluminum with the screw cap? I feel like they're not even made of aluminum anymore. It's just like a plastic tube. And now they have like a weird pop cap. Like a, like a, like a, like a mustard cap. You know, you could pop it and it pops off to the side. And you can put the toothpaste down upside down even. Like it's a big fat cap. You can, and I don't like it. First of all, because to pop the cap, you really, you hold on to the toothpaste tube and you pop the cap. This is especially if you do it with one hand. You gotta be really careful to do it with two hands and not squeeze. What I'm saying is you squeeze the toothpaste tube, you have to grip it at, to, in some amount enough to pop the cap. And when you do that, some of the toothpaste comes out of the top and when you, it just gets all messy so quick. There's no way to keep it clean unless you're like wiping and cleaning down the top of the toothpaste tube all the time. I guess the one upside of this is since it's like hinged, you never lose your your, your toothpaste cap. It never you never like accidentally drop it and it goes spiraling down the the drain if you don't have like a drain cover or something. But it just really made me miss the old way because it just I was like holding it, I popped it open and. It was just so messy. It was just inherently messy the way it was designed. And now I have to be like so careful to grip it just right so I pop it open without squeezing the toothpaste tube at the same time. It's just these little things which I can complain about. I can, I can. You can't stop me. My life goes on just fine, just so you know. It does. And I used to play with Legos a lot when I was little. I had quite a few Legos for every birthday and Christmas for many years. I don't, it's probably an overstatement to say many years, but for most of the years of growing up, um, I was allowed to choose a thing. None of my presents from my parents were, for most of my life, were... We weren't really a gift, much of a gift-giving family. Like, I don't really give gifts to anyone. It's not like a big thing, but I was able to choose one, like, $20 thing. And I usually chose uh, a Lego set. I usually chose a Lego set. And sometimes other people gave me Lego sets. And over over time, and I think sometimes I saved up my own money and bought my own Lego sets as well. Uh, so on and so forth. And I accumulated quite a few Legos and I had a huge, at one point, like I had a huge box, like a huge big flat box that fits under your bed. I had a lot of Legos. Um, I spent a lot of time playing with them. And there is a school of thought that the plural of Legos, uh, the, the plural of Lego is Lego. Uh, but that's not what I believe. My whole life I've been saying one Lego, two Legos. So I'll keep saying that. I will. And I usually made spaceships, and I usually made uh, space stations, and uh, maybe maybe some tanks and fortresses and things like that. Things like that. Sci-fi stuff. I'd say probably what most of it was. Sometimes my sister would play Legos with me. Uh, I remember one time 
we work together. I don't know. Some someone encouraged us to do this. Maybe when sometime when some relative was visiting, we worked together, or someone we had like company over and they got us started on this. We worked together to make a pretty elaborate marble chute. We put a marble in the top and it rolls down through this big elaborate Lego marble chute that we made, and we were pretty proud of that. Um, that was. It took us a while, and we made it, and we were happy with it. But for the most part, my sister would make things totally different out of Legos than what I would make. Pretty much the complete polar opposite. Like, I was sitting there making crazy spaceships. Um, like, like I would have, like a, like, a spaceship that was maybe the size of my hand, and I would say that it was like a thousand miles long or something, right? My sister, on the other hand, would, I think one time she made a set of facial facial features. She made an ear, I think, and I think she made some lips and a nose and an eye. Just like one ear and one eye. Two lips together. Maybe a mouth, it would be a better way to say that. Um, and she would like make boxes. I think she made like a Lego box and put like some like uh, cotton balls in there, like some stuffing in there to put, like gently put them in. It sounds weird, but it's not. And she also made like, a, I think one time she made like a scent of some, a set of some sort of like, like doctor's tools out of Legos. She made a, like some like some scissors, maybe, I can't really remember. And like one of those, she made like one of those doctor's hammers, and I think probably like a stethoscope or, and a scalpel or something. She would make like really random stuff like that. Very, very cute when you think back on it. Stuff that I, I can't even, I just love how different it was from the stuff that I would make. So, so different. Who would make a set of, I don't know. <laughs> we used to, there was at one point in our life when we tried to organize all the Lego pieces. Uh, you know, like, we had like boxes, like, with like little compartments where we, you know, when you, and, and that was part of stopping playing with the Legos. When you stopped playing with the Legos, you had to put them all back away and organize them in all these little boxes, like the little like the four by twos go here, like different sorts of blocks go together, different things. But then I would just not want to play with Legos out anymore because I knew that after I stopped playing with Legos, I would have to go through this excruciating process of putting them away like this and organizing them. So eventually that whole thing went away and we just ended up dumping them all into big buckets uh, that you just comb through. It's, you, I, think I, I probably built up calluses on my fingertips because you... You just rake through these buckets of Legos with your fingertips. And Legos can get pretty sharp. Pretty sharp. You just kind of, you rake through them with your hands looking for the right piece. And sometimes it can just take so long. You know you have one of those pieces. You know you do. Someone, you're like sitting there playing with Legos with people. And they're just building away. And for like half an hour, you're like, let me know if you see this such and such. And you're just looking and looking and looking. Sometimes you just never find it until the next time you sit down and play Legos. And you're looking for a totally different thing, building something else. And you f sudden, you find that piece. You pull it out and you, and you set it aside. Just because you're like, maybe I, 
will look for that. Maybe I'll need that one now, but you never end up needing that anymore because you're working on something else. So uh, I miss Legos sometimes. I never really got into the Bionicles though. Those seemed, I think those kind of, I was on the way out of Legos when Bionicles were starting to become a thing. They just never seemed as customizable to me. They didn't, I guess that was, I think the point of Bionicles was to keep them in the shape of some sort of action figure. That was less appealing to me. I did like the Bionicles um, comic books though. I got the Lego magazine for many, many years. Uh, I think it was a quarterly thing. And with eventually with the Lego magazine started coming a Bionicles comic book. Which was decent to look through and read. I guess that I, mean, I guess it was like a marketing thing, you know, if you got tied up enough in the comic book then eventually you'd want to start buying the Bionicles characters, like the actual products. It was smart of them. It was. Mm. But I never liked them as much. Just one of the actual building blocks and stuff. I had a few Star Wars sets, a few like Wild West sets. I did like the Star Wars sets. <sighs> mm, good memories. Now, sometimes when I go shopping at the near me, there are two pretty two grocery stores that are open. Here we. I don't know how widespread this chain is. It's called Harris Teeter. I think it's just a southern thing, really. But there's two of these Harris Teeters very close to me. And they're both open 24 hours a day. I I have one that I go to. I don't know. I, maybe I just... I go to one of them more than the other, even though I think the other one might actually be more convenient for me to get to. But I... I think I maybe just like the way it's laid out or something. I'm not sure. Anyways, I go there late at night a lot when there's probably more, there's probably more employees there than there are customers, you know, just like people with their headphones in restocking shelves. They're, they don't even look like they're wearing uniforms. Like I could probably put my headphones in and start moving stuff around and even the other employees and everyone would just assume that I was working there. Uh, you know, act like you belong sort of stuff. Anyways, there's one person that live that not lives there. <laughs> there's one person that works there uh, who I see pretty often, and they kind of, the person that kind of um, keeps an eye on the self-checkout because at, you know, late at night when I, I, I go there late at night a lot, around like 2, 2 a.m. or so, grab a couple of little things, you know, what, like a microwave meal or a, just some random something. I go there. And they're the person that keeps uh, an eye on the self-checkout, because that's all that's open. And for such a long time, I had a really, had a good thing going with this person. A really good thing. In that, I felt like we were really close, and we really knew each other really well. Um, because, mostly because, we had never talked to each other. We'd never, we'd hardly made eye contact. We had... Besides not exchanging any words, there was a, there was a very close understanding there that there was no need to say hey, no need to do anything. I mean, this person, it was just like there was a, there's some sort of kinship there. I've seen this person so many times, and had never even said anything to them, and I felt close to them. 
I did. But then one time, uh, I had missed a, missed a, actually I had gotten an email from my bank saying they were sending me a new credit card because there were some suspicions of fraud or something, which is ridiculous. I hate it, I hate it when they send me a new credit card because then I have to like, I've got like numbers saved and there's like, you know, reoccurring payments and stuff this, that go offline. Cause you gotta re, this is just a huge inconvenience when you get a new credit card because Anyways, I got a new credit card, and then at some point, my old credit card, like, deactivated, and I forgot about it, and I hadn't gone and checked my mail and gotten my new credit card out. And so, I I didn't realize this, and so I tried checking out with my old credit card, and it got denied, and I was like, trying, I, I, I forgot all this, and I was like, re-swiping, and I was like, I was like, maybe the chip doesn't work, I think my, I, think I, was, I was like, I think my chip is, is worn out. And, uh, so then... Uh, much to my chagrin, this person and I were forced to interact with each other for the first time, really, ever. And I feel like we, I feel like we grew apart. It, it kind of ruined our relationship a little bit. We had a great thing going, and, and now it, it took us back a few notches. We're going to have to slowly build back up. To where, to where we were again by continuing to, to not talk to each other and to, to it, it's not that we're ignoring each other, it's just we're both, there's a mutual understanding there that we don't need to talk to each other. Yeah. Does anyone know what I mean? You should know what I mean. Someone will. Hmm. Ron Swanson would know. I'm sure. Uh, any, anyways, I think I'm at the part of the podcast where I spend a couple minutes talking about how I don't know what to talk about. It's weird that I've put myself in a position where I make videos that I talk in, and I would be perfectly content to never do that, I think. I don't really have a lot of things I want to say. Um, but here I am saying them anyways, all these things that I don't really care to say. Uh, blah, 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 one, two, three, etc. So on and so forth. <laughs> this is how it goes. Uh, and you guys are listening. This, maybe someone just X'd out, just closed it after that. Maybe not. I did get some I did get some paint on my Daft Punk mug mug in the last video when I made uh painted on that that um the paper bag. I got some paint on my Daft Punk mug that I'm drinking out of right now. I think it makes it a little bit more personalized, a little more a little grungier, the grunge effect, you know. It looks a little bit more broken in. Uh it's acrylic paint. It's kind of kind of skin colored looks like foundation makeup kind of and there's a little bit of that on one of my pens too it's just kind of getting everywhere what I want to do what I want to do is get a cheap piece of land somewhere and put one of those a kit house you know how Sears used to sell kit houses I'm guessing they don't do that anymore because Sears hardly does anything anymore. But uh, there are other people that sell kit houses. Those are cute little things. 
I think I'd be content with just a few hundred square feet. Like four to seven hundred, I'd be content with. I think it'd be healthy for me. And I'd have to minimalize. Wait, 700 is quite a bit. I think I have 700 right now and it's pretty spacious. 400 would be a little bit slimmer. I wouldn't have as much room for, like a desk would take up a lot of space. Right now my desk is pretty big. It's like a big U shape. I got three desks from Ikea. One's a little smaller for the bottom of the U. Right now I'm sitting at the bottom of the U, facing out towards the bottom, and then the two sides of the U are kind of wrapping around me. And uh, I kind of have my, like my rotating chair also, like my, my office chair also from Ikea in the middle of it, and I just kind of spin around. It's like a very cluttered command station, like a battle station all piled up with stuff. I have floor lamps also from Ikea. I didn't actually go to Ikea to get all this stuff. I just ordered it on Amazon, actually. I have been to Ikea before, though. It's a, it's a pretty cool place to hang out. They do have good... I didn't get... I, I might have got the meatballs once. But even better than the meatballs, I think, are the hot dogs and the sodas and the cinnamon rolls. I think it's all very cheap. I think I, at one time... I think the hot dogs are a dollar each. And the cinnamon rolls, which are huge, are a dollar each. And the sodas are 50 cents each. So I got two hot dogs a cinnamon roll, and a soda for $3.50. That's a good, that's big meal for a cheap price. I was pretty happy with that. But I mean, one, they've got you in the store. They don't have a, they've got you there. They don't, I mean, they might as well be giving you away food for free. They would. I mean, they might as well. They come, I mean, they do the same thing, you know, Costco, Sam's Club, cheap food. They got you there come shopping. I don't know. They also have, they also have like cheap gas at some of those places like Costco. If you remember, you get like cheaper gas. My mom used to go there all the time. I think Costco to, uh, to refuel. I just like going with her cause you could go around to the different stations and try the samples. But if you were, if you look like you're under a certain age or something, you needed a, like a parent with you, but I don't think I was ever that young. But I would, I would, I would try those samples. You know, little bits of cookies and pieces of like pizza pockets they would heat up, and fruit and slurping down different juices they let you sample. Come around for a second try. Hope, hope they didn't recognize you. But I don't think they really cared. But you, you thought they cared more than they really did. It's all very exciting. You ever, you ever wonder about how everything, like your desk. If there's a desk in front of you, how it's being constantly... You think it's just sitting there, right? It's just relaxing, nothing's happening to it, but it's being constantly pulled down by gravity. It doesn't ever get to rest, ever. There's a constant strain on it. And it, sometimes I wonder why more things don't just spontaneously collapse under their own weight and gravity just incessantly every second of every day of every year just pulling on them just pulling forever and then I think about I feel the weight I feel like my butt I feel my butt on the chair I feel the pressure there 
and, it, and it suddenly, if I lean back, and I feel, I feel like my whole body weighing on the chair, and it suddenly makes me a little bit uncomfortable thinking about how, is there, is that, is that the feeling of like the earth? Is what I'm feeling the earth pulling me down into the center of it? But the only thing that's stopping that happening is the stuff below me? Like the, is the chair and, and the floor beneath the chair just getting sandwiched between that, between me and the earth? Like what's happening there exactly? There's a lot of forces being pulled against each other all the time. Like, am I going to be okay? I'm, I'm getting squished against things. Like when I walk, the earth is constantly just pulling me down inside of itself, but my feet are like pushing back against the ground. It's a constant struggle. It's, it never ends. And then like, there's all these buildings standing around everywhere. And even just like, you see like a rock sitting on the ground. It's not just a rock sitting there. It's just like, even that is, is pushing and pulling against things. It's crazy. Okay, it's okay. Got another cup of coffee here. My coffee maker turned off. It stays on. Look, I put the I put the coffee grounds in there, and I put the water in there. Then I flip a switch, and a little red light comes on. And after a second, the 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 bean water, as it were, starts trickling down in the, into the carafe, the coffee pot, and. The coffee is made, and after the coffee is made, the coffee maker beeps several times. It goes beep, 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 right? That means the coffee is ready. I mean, it's done. I could pull, I ha and sometimes I do, I can't wait, right? After I, it looks like there's some coffee in there before it's actually done brewing, I pull the coffee pot out of there and pour myself a cup. And if you pull the coffee pot out, it like stops it, and it doesn't all go pouring down onto the heated plate below. There's a little heated plate under there where the carafe sits. And, uh, anyways, it, it beeps when it's done brewing, but the little red light stays on for a while. Uh, I, I'd have to look at the manual to see how long it stays on. But anyways, it stays on. As, and as long as that red light is on, it's like a little, little dot of a red light on the front of the coffee maker. As long as that is on, it means the heated plate on the bottom of the coffee maker is on, keeping that pot of coffee warm. And unfortunately, that, that red light turned off. And when that turns off, it beeps again. And the coffee starts cooling down, getting inevitably closer and closer to room temperature. But for some reason, with coffee, room temperature always seems very, very cold. Anyways, I'm drinking some of that coffee right now that's on the way down. It's descending. Sometimes when you get coffee, it's too hot. And as it cools, it reaches that sweet spot where it's just the perfect, it's just, it's nice and hot still. It's not too cold, but it's nice and hot where it's just the perfect, comforting, slurpable, gulpable level temp of temperature to just drink. And you don't want to just drink it all because you want to savor the coffee a little bit. You don't just want to guzzle it. But you do also want to enjoy as much of, as much of it as possible when it's at that optimal temperature, right? I think I did know a lady growing up who 
really enjoyed her coffee being really, just like really blisteringly as hot as possible. And she would take like just a few sips of her coffee and then she'd go and put her mug of coffee in the microwave. Like every five or 10 minutes, she would microwave her cup of coffee just to keep it incredibly hot. So different people like different things. I'm fine with some, I'm fine with the coffee taking its natural course, just up and down temperature wise. I am. I, I do have, I did buy some teas not too long ago. I bought some Earl Grey and I think some, did it say English afternoon tea? What is that exactly? I mean, I don't know what Earl Grey is either, but English afternoon tea, it seems even, it seems kind of vague. It does seem a little bit vague. Uh, but I bought the tea because I like drinking tea when I have a sore throat, which happened once not too long ago. So I bought some tea, and that's just soother, soothing. And I bought an electric teapot, electric kettle, I guess it would be the, is that what people call it? So I could have it like right here next to my computer and just constantly keep pouring myself a new cup of hot water and, you know, letting it seep with the tea bag in there. It's very, very relaxing and soothing. I don't put, I don't put sugar or honey or anything in there, just like I don't put anything besides coffee in my coffee. It's just a defeat. It's just, I want things to be simple and easy and straightforward. And I just won't drink tea if I have to go and, and make a whole, a whole concoction out of it. Like it's a whole big thing I got to do. It's just not worth the trouble for me. My aunt drinks, sometimes she just drinks hot water. And I think, I think I like that idea. I think it's soothing. It's probably not half bad for you. It's probably good for your throat or something. Just heat up some water, sip at it. Because half the appeal of the coffee is that it's warm. Half the appeal of, of tea is that it's hot. Yeah. What do you guys think? Not necessarily about the hot water thing, but just about things in general. I'm open to hearing what you guys think. Don't expect me to just uh, agree with you right off the bat or at all, but you can tell me. That's, I mean, you can tell me. I'm, I'm open to you telling me. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm using a coaster. I have a coaster on my desk from um, Coney Island that my uncle sent me. He likes sending me little things that fit in small packages and large envelopes. Um, yeah, and I've been using this coaster for a long time and it's still, it's just like one of those, it's like a, th a very thick piece of paper or a thin piece of cardboard coasters. And uh, yeah, I think it's for a brewery on Coney Island, but Apparently that's where America's first roller coaster was. Coney Island's original switchback railway was America's first roller coaster amusement ride. It was designed by Lamarcus Adna Thompson in 1881 and construction began in 1884. Just like at the, uh, what was it called? The World's Fair in Chicago? The Columbian, some, no, the Columbia, was it Columbia? Whatever. The World's Fair in Chicago, right before the turn of the century, right? Was that where the first Ferris wheel was? I think so. Back then, the Ferris wheel had huge cars 
each, you know how these days when you get in a Ferris wheel, there's only room for like four people in each car. Back then, the cars were the size of like train cars and like 10 or 20 people would get in each one. I'm surprised. It was a, it was a lot to, to bite off for the first Ferris wheel. Obviously a guy named Ferris. Ferris is his last name. Made it. I read a book. I read a book about uh, the World's Fair. That one. Uh, it was called um, Devil in the White City. The guy, the guy who wrote, wrote that book wrote some other books. He writes novelized history, as it's called. It's history, but he writes it so, it's down, so it, it reads like a novel. And he also wrote about... Um, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm not good at remembering things, so I won't blabber on about it. But I would recommend that book and the other books that guy has written. Even though I'm not telling you much, very much about it, but it is interesting. It's in, I'm just telling you, it's interesting. And I like it. Right here I have a bottle of Zyrtec, which is for, um, I guess it's allergy pills, but sometimes I just get weirdly itchy. Have I, have I mentioned that in previous podcasts or videos? I feel like I have mentioned that. Well, I told my mother, who is a nurse, and I feel like she mentioned a couple of things. I was like, mom, sometimes I just get weirdly itchy. And I showed her like these weird raised bumps and r red rashy, not really rashes. Maybe there are rashes. I don't know the definition of a rash really, the medical definition, but I told her and I sent her a picture and uh, she told me, I don't remember what she told me, but she said, I will give Zyrtec a try. So every now and then when I'm starting to get really itchy, sometimes it's like on my thighs. Sorry if this is getting too personal. Sometimes it's just like on my scalp or like behind my, on my ears, sometimes on my um, <clears throat> buttocks, uh, just pop a Zyrtec. And there's no like rush of feeling from the Zyrtec, but I never think it must, they must work. Cause I never think to myself after I take a Zyrtec, I never remember thinking, Hmm, do I need to take another Zyrtec? Cause I just never remember. I never have to think about it again until maybe like a couple days later. So they must work, because I just, it's like one of those things you take it, and then it must work because you don't think about it again. The symptoms disappear, because you don't think about the symptoms when they're not there, right? And also, my mom said I have that, um, and I realized I did when she mentioned it. What's that thing called again? When you, you can like gently scratch your skin and the skin raises up. Rep, something, repetographia or something. Meta scratch skin, um, scratch skin marks. Red. Google. I googled it. Oh, dermatographia. See, I, I googled scratch skin marks red, and it popped right up. Dermatographia. Boom. It says, when people who have dermatographia lightly scratch their skin, the scratches redden into a raised wheel. Oh, that's a new word for me. Wheel? Anyone ever knew that, knew that word before? W-H-E-A-L? It says, similar to hives. These marks usually disappear within 30 minutes. The cause of dermatographia is unknown. But it can be triggered in some people by infections, emotional upset, 
or medications such as penicillin. Hmm. I feel like it, it does happen easier on me, like when my skin is feeling more moist or something. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's just more apt to happen. Maybe when I'm feeling more emotional upset. I don't know, but I don't, I don't usually feel emotionally upset. Maybe I'm just good at hiding it from myself, compartmentalizing. Someone once told me that men's minds are like waffles and women's minds are like spaghetti. They're like we, like men compartmentalize things and then like women, like everything's like all like mixed together. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe there's some, it's probably just a stereotype, but sometimes I don't know. I feel like I do like compartmentalizing things, but maybe it's just now that I've heard that. I, and, I, and because I like waffles. Maybe it's because I like waffles. I do like waffles more than pancakes because I've had too many, I think, too many bad experiences with pancakes where... And maybe this is the fault of the butter. You don't want to have butter that's too hard. You want it to be at least room temperature butter. But when you try to spread butter on a nice, fresh, warm pancake and the butter is cold, that butter, like a chunk of it, will tear that pancake up and you'll have a bad day. Some, For some reason, waffles tend to be a little bit more resilient and can withstand the assault of a cold chunk of butter a little bit better, I think. Uh, and plus it's got those pockets. Maybe waffles are just a little bit more unhealthy because you can pack a little bit more butter and just other unhealthy stuff like people do put like putting a lot of weird stuff on their waffles and in their waffles i mean i'm just not really one to be honest for chocolate chip pancakes or waffles or you know strawberry blueberry people put all sorts of stuff in them and on them here's what i want in a waffle i want it to be a waffle plain just waffle batter i want to put a lot of butter on it and i want to put a lot of maple syrup on it and Fake maple syrup is fine with me. Some people get really bent out of shape about whether it's real or fake, fake maple syrup, but I think I grew up spending too much of my life eating fake maple syrup and other fake sugary, you know, things with like actual sugar in them instead of like maple-y stuff. I don't know what it is, but I, I grew accustomed to the fake stuff with just like added maple flavoring. It's just pretty much like sugar water, thick thick sugary syrup with like added maple flavoring pour that all over the waffle and then you know some people will go at a waffle or a pancake and they'll take their fork and they'll just kind of like carve off little sections little bites at a time please no you take you take you take your knife and your fork and i cut up the waffle i mean it's got the grid there on the waffle for you already how are you just gonna go at it all all crazy like that with the with the fork you're gonna just totally disregard the grid <sighs> makes my head spin you you take your fork and your knife and you cut up the waffle ahead of time according to the grid sometimes depending on some of the you know some waffle irons are different and to get to get the bite sizes right you don't have you don't always cut along the grid or whatever but you can at least get your cut straight then the pieces fairly, fairly, you know, uniform. Um, but, and then for the rest of the time, you can put down the knife and everything's just there and you can just go at it with the fork and everything's pre-cut up already and just stab and 
kind of smush it around in the the syrup and the but the buttery syrup that's you know that's all over the plate and squish it around and start forking stuff into your mouth and isn't that just so good? Oof. You know what's really good with a waffle? Sometimes coffee, sometimes coffee, but I think with like really sugary stuff like that, a glass of milk can be just really good. And maybe that's just because of the way I was raised. I was raised drinking a lot of milk. I used to attribute that for the reason I never had many cavities, and maybe it is because suddenly I, you know, I moved out and I grew up and for several years I didn't drink a lot of milk. I used to drink like a bigger, big glass of milk or two with like every meal. Big old class. Every meal. Not every meal. Not when I was at school. At school, in high school, I had some pretty bad eating habits. My mom would send me money to put in my lunch account at school. So I'd get you in the cafeteria. And I got into habits, you know. I would pretty much eat the same thing every single day. Uh... And I think one year, they, you know, they had like burgers you could grab. Pretty terrible burgers. Pretty much just like a bun and a patty. And no, I think it might have been a, sli- a slice of cheese on there. And I'd, you know, squ- maybe squirt. I uh, grab a couple of packets of ketchup and 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 mayonnaise and squirt those on there. I'll just eat like two of those every single day for lunch one year. And then one year, this is so bad. I started eating these, they had like huge trays of french fries. They're pretty similar to McDonald's french fries. They were really good. And you could get those. And my mom kind of caught on because these were a little bit more expensive. And she started wondering why my lunch account started running out of money so quick. But I was like, mom, I don't know. I just, mom, I need lunch money. What's the, what are you going to tell me I can't have lunch money, mom? She's like, she's like, I looked on the website. Lunch Lunch should cost this much every month, okay? So... Make it last. But then I kept on not making it last. But what was she going to do? Not give me lunch money? I don't know. So she would like scold me. But still give me the lunch money. So I felt bad. But I wanted those french fries. And so they'd give you like a big big plate of french fries if you asked for it. Which seemed pretty bad. Because it's not healthy at all. And then when you were like checking out. Like giving them your lunch number or whatever. They had a salt shaker right there. And I would just dump so much salt all over this big plate of french fries I had. Every day, for a year almost, I think I did this, like my senior year, my junior year or something. I remember one day I was, I went to the doctor to get a physical for the soccer team and and he took my blood pressure and he specifically asked me, he looked at my blood pressure and he said, do you eat a lot of salt? I just had to say yes. I said yes. I eat a lot of salt. Because <laughs> I did eat so much salt. It's bad. It was bad. I have good memories of those milk cartons, though. Those things, even if you were good at them, it was still difficult to open them right. For a lot of my life, I got two milk cartons every day. A lot of people got the chocolate milk and were really excited about chocolate milk. A lot of people were really excited about strawberry milk when they had it in those milk cartons. Anyone remember those and had those? Pet milk, P-E-T. Put them in the cartons. 
like one pint or something like that. Two pints? What's a pint? I think it's one pint. A little pint of milk, and I would get two of them, regular 2% milk or something like that. I get two of them, drink two of them. It was not the best milk. It was kind of disgusting, but it was refreshing because it was like, half the time it was like not cold enough or something. There was something weird about it. And sometimes you'd get it and it would be, or it would be, it would either be not cold enough or it'd be too cold and there would be frozen, there'd be ice in it, which would make, it would just be really off and weird. But I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? Just keep getting the milk, keep drinking it. And it would never, half the time it wouldn't open right and you'd end up, you know, just like fiddling with it for for a long time, these paper cartons, and you end up stabbing a straw in it some way, some little rip in the... Yeah. Good memories. Good memories. Well, well, that was that. Then I graduated from high school after drinking milk and eating french fries with lots of salt. I graduated somehow and I I went to college for a couple years before I stopped going. Then here I am today. Sipping it lukewarm coffee. Staring at the wall and talking. What's your story? Surely I have something else to say. I trimmed my fingernails yesterday. That was good. And I trimmed my big toenails also, but the rest of my toenails didn't need it. That kind of bothered me. Why my big toenails need to be trimmed, but not the rest of my toenails. And I like trimming, especially, I think out of all my nails, my small toenails are probably my favorite to trim. They've just, they're just the most satisfying. They're the the crispest, the most crisp clip. They're small and they they just, they clip the crisply, most crisply. They do. Anyone else feel the same way? I don't know. I feel like I could, I could probably go for a clip. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Just a little, just to kind of prune them a little bit. It'd be good. Anyways, that's all for me, I think, today. Hope you all, oh, excuse me, have a wonderful day. I finished my coffee, and I'll do it. I don't know what the drawing for this one is going to be, but I, uh, on, on Patreon, I've started Peter's Doodle Club, and I, I usually do one giveaway per month on their art giveaway of an original. Whatever drawing I do for this, I'll also, I'll add it, it'll be a bonus giveaway on Peter's Doodle Club. So I have no idea. As the time of me recording this, I don't know what I'm gonna draw. But after I record this, whatever I do, I look at, this is what I do, I look at the, the time, I look at the time of however long the recording is, the audio recording, and then I set a timer on my phone and then I get out the piece of pen and paper and start the timer. And I start drawing. I draw for as long as the timer is. And then so that's just how long I have to draw. And that way it's real time drawing. And I do that and I and I don't look at the phone. I don't do anything in between. I don't take any breaks or anything. I just like put on a put on some music and I just just draw. And it feels good. It's like I just focus in, lose myself in the music and the lines.
I'm in the paper. I am the pen. I'm the ink seeping into the fibers. It's great. You know. You know. Can't complain. Anyways, thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you have a great day. This is part of a playlist. And uh, if you haven't listened to the other ones, uh, hopefully you can find the playlist. Hopefully it pops up on the side somewhere. Uh, Yeah, so check out the other ones. And this is also, you can also listen to these and download these on SoundCloud. There's a link in the description. All right, goodbye, everybody.